Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. And speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. So listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. So going to happen. Already has. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. We love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate and there's plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook and I know you will too. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign in to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic summer. Hanging out. Getting stuff done. Olympics are on. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of those. I don't know if you have. Uh, more or less, more or less. I fell asleep watching um, the playoff for uh, the bronze medal in golf last night. I don't Ooh. even know who, who like got it. I have no idea. I just fell asleep and never thought to check this morning. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was that was pretty crazy. There was five guys left and just in a playoff. Um, and everybody had parred the, the last hole I saw. So not sure who who got the next hole. Yeah, like I, I like the Olympics because like, you know, it's a chance to watch a lot of like sports that, you know, I never normally watch. They're not usually on, right? But it is tough mm-hmm. with them being in Asia this year, the time difference, like, uh, you know, obviously being in Canada, so cheering for the Canadians. So sorry to our American listeners, but like we got like our, our soccer team, Canada, USA, our women's teams playing. So obviously want to watch that, but it's at 4 a.m., which is like, it's, it's a tough time because it's either go to bed early, wake up at four, or just roll the dice and try to stay up till four and watch it. So it, it's, a, it's a tough dilemma. Like a lot of the times, like I'll just wake up and like see, you know, who's won what medals because I've missed it on account of trying to get, you know, a good night's sleep, but it's, it's fun. 
Yeah, I'm. It's it's not too bad. I, it's gonna be one a.m. for me, but still, that means like means a two thirty or three a.m. bedtime. Like that's, that's still pretty late. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, and knowing you, I assume you would go for the ladder and you would just kind of power through and go to bed after the game. Well, yeah, that's what I do anyways. So it's that yeah. might be no issue, but it's, it's tricky. It's tricky for sure with the times, but lots of fun, lots of fun. Always um, definitely weird too. seeing a lot of the events though, without like fans on the stands, um, especially like some of like the smaller sports, like you're watching like the badminton, the badminton has been great. Love that great sport, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, and other than that though, NHL news. Um, once again, lots of stuff going on. The league is, is keeping our attention this off season. They're really doing, I'm not sure, you know, they, they enjoy why, but lots of news going on, uh, which is, which is good for us because we have some stuff to talk about. We don't have to like stretch and reach for random topics of things to talk about. There's, there's plenty of news going around, uh, the league, not a ton of stuff going on with the Panthers at the moment. Uh, and we'll get into that a bit later, but we should start off uh, with the Jack Eichel situation in Buffalo. We've known for a while now that uh, things have not been going on great there. The player wants out. He wants to get surgery and all that. Um, and then the player and his agent, their camp just kind of turned up the dial, you know, increased the pressure a little bit with the statement they released. What are your thoughts about what's going on over there in Buffalo? Kevin Adams must be panicking because Jack Eichel's trade value just plummeted. Yeah. Like, I'm, like they're still going to get a massive return for him. No, no doubt about that. But at the same time, like when you see a player wants out that bad that his agency is issuing a statement about being unhappy regarding the, the circumstances it can't be it can't be good for his value and it's it's going to be really interesting to see when he gets moved because my guess is Kevin Adams doesn't have anything close to being done yet and the thing for me is that the longer you wait to deal him so we can get a surgery the longer he would miss right right now if he got the surgery right now he'd still probably be good for for the start of the season but if you wait another two, three weeks, that's another two, three weeks that this player could be missing. So you have to think that that would decrease the value for a team that wants to have, you know, their team ready to go for start of the season. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the part that if he got the surgery he wanted right now, he would still be ready to go for the entire season. I'm like, Ooh, like that's a bit concerning. Like at this point, it's just about the Buffalo Sabres, and it probably goes above uh, Adams, and it probably goes up to the, all the way up to the Pagulas. But at this point, it's just about seeing how bad can we fuck Jack Eichel. Yeah, and it's like it's tough. Like we we've historically maybe been not the kindest to Sabres, you know, the Sabres and their fans on this show. But at this point, like you, you start to feel bad because, you know, like. Buffalo, we've, you know, we, we, when we were in university, we went to Buffalo a lot, right, to see games, right? It's a good city. It's a great hockey market, I think. And just to see, you know, the kind of state of the team right now, and a lot of it is just self-inflicted. Like, 
Jack Eichel is a fantastic hockey player when he's healthy, right? And he signed an eight-year deal there, right? So there was a point where he was very prepared to be in Buffalo for the long term, right? And the fact mm-hmm. that he wants out badly this much right now, I think speaks to how uh, things have really been dealt with around him. They've, they've, it seems like they botched it. Like he wants out, the team hasn't been competitive, the health thing, it's, it's not great. It, it really isn't, and it's just, like, up to this point, you could argue that the Sabres were just unlucky, right? That, yes, they made some really, really bad decisions, but they weren't, like, they weren't intentionally bad. Like, the Jeff Skinner deal. No, it's not, it's not like a team that like you can look at and be like, okay, like they're trying to be bad. Right. But now, now, especially after free agency, I'm like, what, like now they're just trying to be bad. Yeah. Which like, cause anytime, like when you have Jack Eichel on your team and you have Jack Eichel signed for a long time, right? Like you have to be good, right? You have to try to be good. Right. And they just weren't able to, to do that, to achieve that uh, during his time there so far. Um, and it's just like, it's, it, it sucks. Like if you were the Sabres fan, like I, I feel for you, like that's, you know, that, that sucks. Um, it's horrible. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I imagine he's got to be on the move here at some point. Um, where do you think he ends up? I don't know. So the the rumors have been LA, Calgary, Anaheim, the Rangers. Is, is there anybody in the, the high end bidders that I'm forgetting? Uh, no, I, just, I had the Flames in there too. And the Flames? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's there. It's complicated because if I'm any of those teams, I don't want to give up any of their high-end prospect assets. If I'm LA, I don't want to give up Byfield. If I'm Anaheim, I don't want to give up um, uh, Zegras or Drysdale. Yeah. And if I'm the Rangers, I'm not giving up Lafreniere. Or Kako. I think of I think like I, I like I think the Rangers probably have the pieces to get it done because they have enough prospects and enough guys that are like proven to be decent. Like I'm don't think I'm dealing Lafreniere, but if it came down to like a prospect, maybe like Zach Jones, maybe a roster player, so let's say Strom and then Kako, I think I'm doing that. And then picks. Well, yeah, and then, yeah, pictures, eat them away. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I think that two first-rounders minimum are going back to Buffalo no matter what the trade is. The, the, the issue, though, is that Buffalo doesn't have a ton of leverage. Like, their entire leverage is the competitiveness of the market, right? And so you, yeah. you'd have to gauge what other teams are willing to go to because if all the teams that are interested basically just kind of – like, then they're not willing to offer that much, then you're not, like, you're not getting that much. You don't have the leverage in this situation. So – if I'm if I'm the Sabres, that's probably the offer I'm making, and I don't think I'm going any higher than that. And I think, you know, it makes the Rangers a better team. 
And I think, you know, it's a decent enough return for the Sabres that they are able to, you know, do something. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard not to improve the Sabres at this point because it, it sounds like an Aaron Rodgers situation where it's just like the player does not want to play there. Yeah. And I know Aaron Rodgers ended up going back to Green Bay, but it's only for a year. Yeah. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see. I still think they're getting those two first-round picks no matter what. I think that's just what happens. Um, because as much as I want to say the value is going to be diluted, Jack Eichel's talent is not changing. No, he's a very talented player. I think if I'm, I think if you're giving, like, I think it depends on the prospects too. Like if Anaheim is like, let's say you're Anaheim and you're not going to throw in Zegers or Drysdale. I don't know if they have prospects that are good enough. Like, I think you, you would have to throw in two first, but I think the Rangers have enough prospects and pieces that they could put together an offer that you could maybe deal with one first. Potentially. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, there, I mean, no matter what, there's a first involved. Uh, I think that we can both agree on unless they, they figure out a way to get Andre Kopitar and Quentin Byfield from LA, um, which will never happen. It's, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, like you would need an off that big of an offer not to have a first round pick involved. And I think that's just impossible. Yeah. And then I think it probably, it depends on two for Buffalo, like, do you, do you care more about the quantity of the pieces or the quality of the pieces? Like, would you ha- rather have three pros, like three pieces that you think are, are good pieces that are going to help you, or would you rather have five and there may be a slighter lower value on them? Like, it depends on what you want. It, it really does. And like, would you rather go get like two like stud pieces, like a really, really good prospect in a first rounder and maybe something else like a roster player, or do you want four pretty solid prospects in a first? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because a roster player doesn't really help them. Well, there's a, there's a cap floor, yes. Yes, but I mean, you have to remember they have some pretty bad contracts in there, and I think uh, no, when is no. when is um, when is Rasmus supposed to get re-signed? Any day now. Right now. Know. Right now. So I, I, I don't think they'll have an issue hitting the cap floor. Um, They're projected to have $28.6 million in cap space right now. Yeah. And with, our, with RFAs, Yokoharu, uh, Dali, and Middlestat. And their goaltending duo right now just screams tanking. Yeah, it's – I was shocked. It's, I was. I mean, for the longest time, they didn't even have an NHL goalie. Their two best goalies were, I mean, I, I think Uko Pekka Lukokinen is the, the best. Um, sorry, Uko Pekka Lukonen, um is is probably their future. But it was Dustin Tokarski, and I can't even remember like remember the other the other goalie that was in that mix. And then they kind of go out and they get. Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell, and it's just going to be a little embarrassing. Yeah, like their goalies combined make one point five million dollars right now. Like that is, I, but like, and it, it's like 
it's not great, but it's like, I think that is the direction they should be going in. And keep in mind too, that, you know, when you're talking about Eichel scenarios, they already do have two first round picks next year with the Panthers, uh, which projects to be the 32nd overall pick, I believe. Uh, I, I think so too. Right. So be in the middle there too, right? How crazy would that be though, if they had first and 32nd? And just that would be the, that would be nuts. That'd be kind of cool. Because then, then they would get thirty third too, right? Yeah. Like that, that. That would be that would be unreal. I mean, it'd be an interesting scenario. Um, but they got it some comp. They got some competition be. though over in Arizona, so it'll it'll be interesting. But most of all, honestly, I just hope Jack Eichel get gets healthy and is able to to get back to playing at the level he can play at because he's a fun player to watch. He really is, and it's 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 sad that we we were deprived of that yeah right like it's, well, yeah, you, it's you not want, you want fair the be- to hockey fans too yeah like if you're a hockey fan you want the best players to be healthy you want to see them playing right even if you know they're not on your team that's what you want and you know to have him just not playing and being hurt is, is no fun for for really anyone um so hopefully you can do that um but we'll now quickly transition to another story coming out yesterday uh, involving a former Sabres player and Evander Kane. Um, lots of uh, stuff going on. Um, some accusations from his wife. A um, lot of kind of personal laundry being aired out in a very public way um, about, you know, a number of different, number of different topics. Um, obviously, as two guys who just do this podcast, we don't really have a ton of we have no we have no information other than what's what's out there in the public. Um, but what are your thoughts on what's going on with with Evander Kane? I'll, I'll get to that in one second. But I we we talked about before the podcast what we were going to talk about, and I had Evander Kane in the back of my mind when you were reading the DraftKings ad. So I, I was trying not to not to laugh too much, just at that little. Yes, remember about- remember gamble responsibly. Um, and you know, seek help if you need it, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, Vanderkin, what, what are your thoughts on that? There, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much in this story. First of all, he does not sound like a great guy. No. To, to, to like, and I don't want to like speak to it too much, just because like it's easy to get down in a rabbit hole and like make your make our way into that gray area that we probably shouldn't talk about but i i lost a lot of not that i had a huge amount of respect for him but basically by trying to get out of it and by saying that his wife was just mentally ill yeah i thought that was so low yeah for for me it's tough And, and for the record he said in that little blurb, my lawyers told me not to do this, but I want to anyways. No, well, I, no I, good has ever come from a statement that has started with that. I, dude, you probably should have listened to your lawyers because that is just so not okay. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's fine for him to issue a statement that's just purely defensive when you're just going to say like this is our personal life like we're i'm not going to talk about it in public but as far as the accusations i've never done this i never had any intention of doing it like this and that but to like 
go and retaliate by claiming like by I don't want to like unfactually claiming that she has a men like a mental disability is just like not a disability but a, like mental issues. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I it's I was like I was so shook by that. Yeah, to me it's tough because really like it, it's a very personal situation that should have been private, right? Like that a lot of it should not be public right it's it's their personal life it's their you know issues whatever you know deal with that I like I don't need to know this right a lot of it the only part that really you know is, is an NHL fan is a fan of the sport of hockey that um is relevant to me is if he's gambling on NHL games and you know again there, there hasn't been any conclusive proof from that we know the NHL is now looking into it and conducting an investigation um I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's, you know, just throwing games. He had a career best year. Um, so that that's irrelevant though. Yeah. And like we, and we've, and we've known about, you know, as he was, he filed for bankruptcy uh, at the start of last season, we know about, you know, some of the, the gambling problems that have been there and, and you know, it, it's an addiction, you know, it, it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, and so like I can sympathize with, with the gambling part of it. And, um, but Gambling on NHL games to me is is a serious, serious issue because that brings in the whole idea of the integrity of the game, the integrity of the sport. And, you know, especially with gambling in general becoming a much bigger part of the NHL as they're, you know, adapting to the times, um, something like this puts that in serious jeopardy. And so that's the concerning part to me. Um, it's the only part I really genuinely care about is where that investigation leads with regards to that. Um, if he, if he has been, if he hasn't been, that's the only part of it that I really care about. Obviously I hope that, you know, he's able to, to, to fight off his addiction and to, to get better. And I hope that, you know, things go a bit better for, for the both of them um, because it, it's just a terrible situation that I don't, you know, I don't think it was necessary to be public other than the, the gambling on NHL games. It's, it's so hard for me to believe that she would put herself in this position if it wasn't true. Yeah. Cause if, well, if she, she could have, she could have made a blurb just about him being a horrible father and horrible husband. And that would have done like that, that would have created attention. I I think that, that that would have been that would have been enough, but like there there is no reason for her to bring up that he is gambling on games. Like there's no reason for her to do that. I I like that's why I have so much trouble believing it wouldn't be true. Yeah, but I mean I there there's no way of knowing and. I, th- I don't think there's any doubt about it that if it's true, Evander Kane has played his last NHL game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, again, and like really, like cause we, we can't jump to conclusions because we don't have right. the information, right? The only, you know, we can only offer our thoughts based on what we know. And we don't know much about the personal situation, the situation right now. All we know is that Evander Kane has had gambling issues, which 
would you know lean into favor of you know believing her her side of this over his but again not jumping to conclusions you let the process play out uh and let the facts come and you know land where they may um but due process yeah yeah you, you gotta let the do like the due process play out because yeah i don't want to come out and be like oh like you know you don't want to shred evander kane uh over something that you know you don't have the the necessary knowledge to talk about so we'll- absolutely but at, at this point it's such a serious accusation yeah it's it's such a serious thing like that is I mean, you know, it's a, you, and, and you know, it's serious, like it's for the NHL when they actually like open an investigation immediately, as opposed to perhaps some other stuff that's happened. Yeah. And it's the league, like, because, because the thing is, this affects them very much so financially um, with all the, uh, again, as gambling becomes more prevalent um, and there's a lot of, lot of money um, that is involved with, with this. So we'll just, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens here. Uh, and hopefully, um, you know, the investigation, you know, yields, yields the truth and we'll just, we'll have to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what's going to come of it. Uh, but I, as I, I'm enjoying the back and forth that they're having, I think it's, it's kind of, you don't really get to like, I always think of NHL players as having like fairly perfect lives is to see this kind of unfold like makes you question a lot more things and is is really interesting here's the thing because there's, there's a lot of stuff again like you, you see these players and these athletes and you know they're on your tv every night right doing their job right but you really don't know how much like most of them are pretty private people and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors right uh, and so this is stuff that's going on behind closed doors being shared with a lot of people and, and being put into the public eye so it's an interesting glimpse into that. Um, and yeah, we'll just, we'll see where this investigation leads. Yeah, definitely being shared with a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, it's something for sure. It's a, yeah, it's a busy off season for the league for sure. Uh, yeah. Not the, not the busy kind they want. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but we'll move on now to something more cheery and talk about our Florida Panthers and their offseason so far. Um, you were on the road last week, so you weren't able to join the show. So it was another one of those episodes where it's just me. So apologies for that for people who listen to it. Um, talking about free agency and stuff. Uh, so I'm curious to know, there's been a couple more deals signed since that recording, but what do you believe has been the best and worst signing so far this offseason? Um, are we talking exclusively Panthers? No, 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 no. I'm no. talking league wide. Okay. Well, we'll get into the Panthers in a sec, but I just want to talk league wide just because I, I shared mine on the last episode. Um, but I, I, I haven't heard from you, so I want to, I want to hear what you think about best and worst deals. Yeah. Um. So, I think one of the it's tough. The, when you say worst deals, the first one that comes to mind for me is the Landeskog deal. Oh, interesting. Because first of all, I think Sakic was talking 5.5 like a day before. 
Yeah. That was the rumor. And then we heard maybe seven by seven. Yeah. And it ends up being eight by seven. Yeah. Which is a huge commitment, which is it, not like there is no doubt in that contract that Landis God won the negotiations. Yeah. And I, and I, it sucks. I think he had a, a good amount of leverage there too, in terms of, Hey, like they, they needed to keep a player like that around. He is their captain. He's a valuable part of their team. Um, that, that, that being said, that being said, I think it's the worst contract because a Landis Gog was able to get so much from Sackick and it was so not team friendly in the sense that he doesn't sign that big of a deal. They probably still have Philip Grubauer. Yeah, and the Philip Grubauer. And to one, me, I... that was like that that was like the worst thing that could happen to Colorado is lose a goalie. Lose their goalie. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not great for them. Uh to lose Grubauer like that and then have to go out and acquire a goalie. Um, and I mentioned it last week on the episode. I'm sure you didn't listen to it. Uh, but I feel I felt bad for Chris Drieger because he goes to Seattle and it's like his chance to be the number one guy finally. And uh, and then I guess not. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay. that really that really sucked. Um, it's it's tough. Um, it, there were a lot of interesting signings this year, I think. Yeah, I was like, I was, I, when I was looking through them when I was recording the last episode, it was like, like there's a couple that are like, oh, maybe like a bit too much or a bit too long, or is this really what you needed? But there wasn't any like, it's not like in years past where we've seen like a Louis Erickson deal or, a, you know, a Milan Lucic where those contracts have like been a lot of money and aged really, really poorly. I didn't really see like a clear candidate for, for that. Actually, I, I just thought of another one that I really, really hated. It's not going to be that bad for the team because it's a low term. But Dmitry Kulikov to Minnesota for four and a half million per season for two years. Yeah, that's a lot. I like Dmitry that's, Kulikov. That's rich. A little and, rich, perhaps, for, for my blood, but hey. You know, like, I go back to what you and uh, our friend of the show, Jacob Barker, always say in these situations. And it's like, in this economy? Yeah, in this economy, really? yeah. That was the other thing, too, is I was thinking, like, you would, based on the way some money was being thrown around, you would have almost no idea that we're looking at a flat cap here for the foreseeable future. Exactly. It did not. I was, I, I, you know, there were some, some moves where I was like, do they know the cap is not, not going anywhere? Um, yeah, it was really, really alarming. I mean, I, I thought Minnesota and Colorado were among like the teams that handled it the worst, I think. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I was love- really not a fan of those two. I didn't love a couple of the ones from uh, Vancouver either, like Tucker Pullman. Vancouver did so much. Well, it just seems like they, they, they created a nice little, you know, they, they created a bit more flexibility by moving out some of those contracts, sending them down to Arizona. Uh, and then to see what they've kind of done with that space, well, simultaneously not re-signing Patterson or Hughes yet. And, you know, Patterson, Patterson, one thing, right? Gonna get paid. He was on the other hand, though, based on 
the money that is being thrown around to top, top defensemen in the league this offseason, he is he should be getting paid. He really should. I mean, Makar got nine and a half for six years. He got, nine, he got nine. Nine for six years? He got nine. Yeah. Jones Jones got nine and a half. Um, but I think I think Hughes's best comparable contract wise is the Kale McCarr deal. See, because I, they're the same age, very similar point production. Yeah, I think McCarr's value is a bit higher than Hughes, but that that still means that Hughes is getting at least eight million dollars a season. Well, there's like and there's the Zach Wierenski's deal too. He just signed the other day, nine point five eight three. That was rich. I really like Zakharensky though. A lot of money. I know though, you but good, good for him. Secure the bag. Um, yes. I think the, the contract I'm looking at from Vancouver is the comparable is Amir Heiskanen. Because I see those guys as being two very good defensemen that are just a notch below and McCarr. Heiskanen got eight by eight, right? Eight something. I don't know. There's been so many deals signed. I'm scrolling through. It's, it's going to take me a while. Yeah, I'm scrolling through and I'm like seeing the, the Blake Coleman deal in Calgary. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. Not a fan of the term. I think the dollar value is like fine-ish. It's not like it's not like uh, Mira Heiskin an eight point four five. Yeah, so that, that's probably in the ballpark for for Quinn Hughes. And then you got Pedersen getting paid, and you know, and you've just spent two and a half on Tucker Poulsen. Yeah. So. There, yeah, they were they were a bit peculiar. Where I was like, I don't know if there was like necessarily like one bad move, so much as it was just like the combination of what they've done and not done. Yeah, I think Vancouver. It's tough to say because on one hand, I want to say that they did improve, but on the other hand, I'm like, like did they? Because they don't have Pedersen or Hughes signed. For next season yeah but let's assume let's assuming that they do get those two guys signed how they improved i would say yes as a team yes but like they've just they've just they've just really minimized their flexibility kind of in the next little bit they they really like, have really limited them this house is my opinion uh so it, I'm, it, it looks like they have 14 million dollars of cap space right now with Michael Furland most likely going on LTIR, so probably bumped up to seventeen million. Yeah, which should get them signed. Like no, like they, they can do it. It's just you know the flexibility. And again, and I still don't know if they're you know in that contending team realm. I mean, you still have to. I mean, it's not going to be much money, but you still have to sign guys like Jason Dickinson, who they traded for. And Oli Uolevi. Yeah, and, and I know, and it's like, and, you know, as much as those aren't going to be huge, huge contracts, they still do take up cash space, and they still are, you know, players for you. So, you know, you're probably looking at, you know, three or four million there. Yeah, and I mean, right now, it's really interesting. Is um, they have three guys signed for the 2025-2026 season. Obviously, Oliver Ekman-Larsen. And then Thatcher Demko. 
and Connor Garland, who they just signed. Yeah. So long term, it's it's tough to see how this this team is going to look because Brock Pe- Brock Besser is going to need a new contract next offseason. He's not going to be cheap. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting team, interesting way they've gone about things. We'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, you're you're a little closer to them right now, so you'll you'll make. I, I really moves. think though, it's a it's a very high risk, high reward situation though. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and I, it's tough because this team where like I like a lot of their pieces, but not maybe the full roster construction. Um, yeah, probably not. Uh, what is your pick for best free agent contract? I mean, if he was a free agent, well, or UFA, 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 and not counting all, we all know that the Panthers' moves were all amazing. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I really like the Braden Point contract. Like, I think that you secure that that uh, like that kind of player for that long at the same price point as your other stars, like you're yeah. so set to, to think that looking at Tampa Bay's star core compared to a team, like, I don't know, just off the top of my head, maybe like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Hey, you know, value for your money. Um, well, just up because there was that off season, right. And Toronto got a bit unlucky because they, they probably that off season where they had some deals to sign. Right. That is probably like the one time in like NHL history where it has been like a smarter idea to sign bridge deals. Yeah. And Toronto didn't do that. And, you know, if no pandemic, it probably works out a little better for them. Tampa Bay does bridge deal, brain point, back-to-back cup champions, great player. Don't like the team. Um, so that's kind of upsetting in that sense, but uh, that, that's a really nice one. It really is. Um, trying to find like who would be like my absolute best contract. My pick was my pick was Dougie Hamilton. By the way, he's in it for the long haul in New Jersey, isn't he? Yeah, and I was like saying like again on the last episode, like he just seems like a New Jersey type of guy. Really? Yeah, there's like New Jersey, like you're right there next to New York. New York's very like exciting, a lot going on, right? And New Jersey's just, you know, it's the Garden State, you know, you got the suburbs, it's, you know, and Dougie seems like that kind of guy. There's a lot of like sneaky good contracts that, that I'm, I'm seeing that, uh, but I don't know who's standing out as like really the best. Yeah, um, like the, yeah, they're like they're, yeah, there there definitely are some that I think are good. And like, like I like Michael Bunting in Toronto, right? They got a lot of you know they got some guys on pretty good contracts there because you know it's Toronto and some guys want to play home. Maybe they take a little less money, so that's it's not a bad situation. I I really liked the the Laurent Brossois signing in Vegas. Yeah, I thought that was really really good for him and the team. Yeah, I, I hope he does well there. Um, well, I mean, you know, I don't really care about the, the Golden Knights, but good no. player. The Ovechkin deal is interesting as well. You know, it, term. The Ovechkin one, I love I love the Ovechkin contract, actually. I, didn't, uh, I haven't talked about this yet. 
I love the Ovechkin contract because I think it's one of those deals where it's like very much universally accepted that that is like way too much money for way too long. But it's like everyone just accepts that like that's like a great like you do it because it's Ovi. Yeah, and it's like it's not even a bad contract, even if it's too much term and too much money. I don't think it's a bad contract. It's it's one of those times where it's like absolutely just like a you you award a guy who has done everything for your franchise, and so like Literally. even if, even if like you know like we're on Twitter we follow these analytics people right and they're all like you know he's probably worth like six six and a half million based on what he does right now but like it doesn't even matter in this case it's one of those ones where like you can't put a put a value on that and I love I love the five years because he he's going for the goals record that's you know that's why he goes for the five. Um, also like major props for like playing out the entirety of his 13 year deal um, because some of the other 13 year deals that have been signed um, did not end well. Uh, yeah. And I was, I was like listening to the NHL network radio for, for a bit and they were saying it pretty much turned into a 17 year deal. Yeah. Same money, right? Same money. So I, I, I thought that was really interesting. I'm going to make my pick for best contract. I think Boston re-signing Taylor Hall. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really I good thought one. it's four years at six million per. I thought that was amazing because you're talking about a guy who a season ago was probably looking at $9 million AAV goes to Buffalo for just a year, 8 million. And just, it didn't work out. And I think that this is the type of contract that he has so much less pressure playing in Boston. Yeah. Cause he's not, he's not that one guy that you need to perform on like every night because you have so many other like amazing players. Yeah. The interesting thing for me is because he he, uh, he was really good once he went to Boston last year. Mm. Um, no David Krejci though next year. Yeah, but I think Taylor Hall is the kind of guy who can carry a second line. No, I I think he can. I just I like he, they they just had good chemistry, and I just want to see you know I'm, I'm just like I think he'll still be good, but I I wonder, you know, how that second line goes. Absolutely, it's I think it'll definitely get a, a hit a drop off. Yeah, like he's still like he's still Taylor. He's still a great player. That's great value. So I, I I agree. I think that's a really good deal. I mean, is it as good as the Dougie Hamilton deal? Hard to say because you know Dougie Hamilton. I mean, I think I think we can agree that the Dougie Dougie Hamilton deal was just like you're getting Dougie Hamilton. Well, and did you see like I think the NHL like, tweeted out like it was like a graphic of like Seth Jones and like Dougie Hamilton, and it's like which was the better like free agent frenzy like addition, right? And it's like. I'd say Dougie Hamilton's probably the better player. He's cheaper and you didn't have to give up assets to acquire him. So it kind of seemed like a no brainer. I think, I think that's the main thing that you didn't have to give up assets to get him. And we talked about this before free agency. We thought, Oh, like Hamilton's going to get a way better contract than Seth Jones just based on performance. Yeah. But there's, there's, you know, it's performance and then it's the name value. And I think that Seth Jones had a lot of leverage in that Chicago deal. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I think those two guys, there'll be kind of a little bit of a link there, see how they do in their new new teams. 
Chicago making a lot of moves too this offseason. Flower going to play. Yeah, that was the big news this morning. I was are, – are you surprised? A little, a little bit. But it's the only thing I'm surprised, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm happy because I like Flurry a lot and I love watching him play. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's same, same here. Glad I get to see him for another year. And you're looking at a very, very, extremely different Chicago team. Yeah. No, like again with him, Tay's back. It's uh, a lot of changes there for sure than what they had last year. I mean, all I hope for is for them to meet in the playoffs and for Chicago to win versus Vegas. Yeah. That's all I want. That's all you want. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Could, could, could very well happen. Um, But yeah, we really should talk about the Panthers now, I think, because, you know, this is a Panthers podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Bill's get up walking up pretty much all, all the guys he needs to um, get, you know, getting the guys under, uh, Montembeau signing today. Uh, one name left, really. Uh, it's Sam Reinhart, the new guy. Uh, what contract are you offering Sam Reinhart? What do you, like, what's the number? There's going to be term, without a doubt. I think you're giving at least four years, and I'm probably... He's coming, and, I, and just to, uh, for context for our listeners, gonna... he's coming off five and a half, I think, a year. I think it's going to look like a six-year deal. You know, consistent 20-goal scorer, uh, not a huge amount of points. And I'd be very interested in giving him six by six. Yeah, I heard, heard, you know, that it was going to be somewhere in between six and seven in terms of AAV, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's tough because – Based on what he's done, he probably deserves a raise over what he had, which was five and a half. Um, and, he, you know, I think a big part of his value too, like, again, you mentioned the points and, you know, they're not overly impressive, but then if you put it in the context of the Buffalo Sabres, I think it is a little bit more so perhaps. And especially this season with Eichel out and he's moved over to the center position. I think a lot of the value though comes from his versatility. Yeah. And I think that no matter what contract you give him, you're looking at losing a few players next year in the off season. Yeah. It, just because of the Barkov situation. Yeah. And Bark. Yeah. Cause Barkov's going to get paid and deserves to be paid. Um, right. And so that's, you know, you're looking at a pretty significant deal there. Um, but again, Florida being, you know, the Panthers being in Florida with the, the you know, the, the tax code there. Um, bit of a bit of an advantage, perhaps, in terms of you know the AAV on guys. Uh, and I'm just looking at now. Nudavara does come off next. Like the thing is that there's, I think a lot of the the kind of older guys that have perhaps been here a while, like Vitrano and Achari, and those those might be the names that go. And if those are the names that go, and Nudavara too, I then I think yeah, you you have the room to to re up Barkov. Yeah, I think, and but then you have Owen Tippett too. Like it's, 
it's oh. tough. It's tough, man. But I think like I think if you're Sam Ryan, like if you're if you're if you're Bill Zito, I think like it's gonna be it's gonna be between six and seven, probably. The closer you can get to six, I think is what you're aiming for. I'm gonna say he signs like a six by six point five. Yeah. I, it's I and I'd be fine with that. Uh I thought the Panthers slightly overpaid to get him. I you know, first and, and Levi. But if it yeah, goes, here's it, the thing, if it goes well, it's a late first. And as good yeah. as and you know, as much as we like hype up Devin Levi and he's like a fantastic goalie, they're they're like the you know, the crease is a bit crowded right now with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. There's no room for him. And your cost all. for and your cost for getting Devin Levi was a seventh round pick, like I was uh talking about. Like that's that right there is the value of drafting well. Is that you turned a seventh round pick into a part of a you know a good part of a trade to get a, a player like Sam Reinhardt. That's what good drafting does for you. Absolutely. And you, it is top 10 protected, which I mean, I doubt is going to be uh, an issue. But always nice. But always nice. Like it, it devalues the pick a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a little bit of insurance for the, the Panthers that you're not giving away something too good. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think. It's tricky. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hefty price to pay, but I think when you're the Panthers and with the roster you have and you're in win-now mode and you got Barkov and Huberto for what, you know, another year or two on their, their really nice deals, um, this is the time to go for it, I think. And so I like that kind of move. Yeah, I do too. And it's it puts a lot, a lot of talent in your top six. Yeah. Like you're probably looking at your top nine, like most teams are looking at their top six. Absolutely. I mean, Verhage, the year he's coming off of, Duclair back, Bennett there. Um, it's gonna be fun. Gonna be gonna be really fun. Obviously, you know, Wenberg's gone now too. That's you know, he got paid too Ooh, in Seattle. He got yeah. I, I, well, was, I just I remember I remember like when Bennett signed his deal, and a lot of people were like, "My goodness, that contract's gonna look bad in a couple of years." because he's not worth that. And it's like, well, you clearly didn't watch him in Florida last year. And I get that the sample size is small, but, and, you know, he's done that, you know, a little bit in Calgary, but then Wenberg signs for more than that. And, you know, I like Wenberg too, good penalty killer, but I don't, I have no issues with this. I I don't think Wenberg was worth that much. No, no, no. But like, you're you're looking at the deals. Like I I think Sam Bennett at 4.4, like, his play would need to drop off a significant amount for it, I think, to look like a bad contract. And if he plays at the level he did last year, even in that short sample size, great deal. Absolutely great deal. It's a bargain if he can produce at a fraction of the rate he was when he got here. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But the, the Sam Reinhart one is the big kind of focal point. Um, looking at the Panthers roster right now, though, they have 7.8-ish in cap space. You move some things around. Let's say you get it to around 10. Ryan Hart, let's say, takes up six and a half of that. Uh, are there any more? What Do you think the Panthers need to add anything more? Are there any guys that are still unsigned in free agency that you think could be good ads for the team? I mentioned last episode, Andre Kasha. He is no longer an option. 
Uh, is there anyone out there that, you know, piques your interest as potentially bringing in, because we're getting into that kind of part of the off season where um, guys, you know, are going to take, take a little bit less. So you could maybe find a nice bargain deal for a player. Um, so, anyone- yeah, my main, my main thing was like, maybe try and bolster up that defense, just round it out a little bit. But based on what, like, um, defensemen we're going for in the off season, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, so, it, it, it'd be tough. There's a couple of names out there defensively that are like interesting. Cause again, you're just kind of looking at like kind of depth ads at this point, like the Panthers defense is like perfectly fine. But if you have a guy come in to like, just again, the internal competition type of thing. Um, yeah, and one of the names I saw who used to be a Florida Panther is, if you can get him for cheap, is Jason Damaris. Yeah. You know, add another big body on the blue line. I think that could be really interesting. Um, obviously, Ryan Murray's still available as well, but these are guys I wouldn't give more than $1.5 million to for probably a year or two. Yeah. Yeah, and like really, like you, you'll throw them on waivers if you, you had to send them through. Exactly. As long as you can, you can fit them under the cap. And yeah, with the, the deals that are going to be, uh, you know, expiring on the Panthers in the next couple of years, I think, you, yeah, you don't want to bring anyone on big term. Um, a guy I think might be an interesting, interesting ad, and he won't cost much, like not much at all. Uh, Slater Cuckoo. Um, was injured for a lot of last season. Um, but I remember watching him uh, a couple of seasons ago in Chicago in the, the play-in round. He was really, really good, and he's a big body, uh, and I think he would fit nicely into the kind of Panthers group and could slot in, you know, on your third pair if there's an injury. Um, he's coming off, like, an 850K deal, so he's not going to break the bank for you by any means. No, no, absolutely not, and – One of the guys I thought of, like, if you want to bring in that veteran presence, uh, like you see kind of so many teams do now is why wouldn't you get everyone's favorite feel good story in Bobby Ryan? Oh, bring Bobby Ryan to Florida, please. I know. Right. Like, I think it could be really interesting to see a guy like that in the mix, just bring in that strong veteran presence, you know, has won the cup. Um, I think that. that Wait, did, you know, he didn't win a cup, did he? I thought he won with Anaheim. Oh, did he make the team? Was No, was he on the team then? I don't uh, know. It's, it's tight because he's the Crosby draft, right? I, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, uh, he, he must have. Oh seven, oh eight. Did they win in 07 or yeah. 08? 07. Oh, so he was not on the team. So no cup for Bobby Ryan. No cup for Bobby But he Ryan. played with a lot of guys who won the cup. So secondhand. Secondhand cup experience. Absolutely. Exactly. Conference final experience with the Senators. So, yeah, I mean, guy like Bobby Ryan just brings in a good – presence in the locker room I think could be really interesting yeah I think like you're talking about like you're looking at the forward group if you're gonna add guys I think you're probably adding like a veteran type deal 
defense, I think you might even you, you might be more willing to look for for kind of skill, good players that fit into to what you're trying to do. But if you're gonna add a forward based on the group that's here already, I think just getting some experience would be good. Although, picture this. No, I'm gonna pitch you a fourth line. Check it. Ready? It's Ryan Wallenberg on left wing. On the right wing, it's Mason Marchment. And then down the middle, it's Casey Sezikis. Oh my God. How like, you, can't, you can't contain that line. You, you cannot. Sezikis is such a hard worker. Oh, yeah. Relentless and I, really good, really good defensive player, really responsible player. Plays the game hard. That is your fourth line. That is the definition of like a fourth line. Yeah. I mean, oh, just playing the game hard. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that would be so cool. Absolutely electric. You know, the fans down there in Florida would love it. They, they would. I mean, you had me at Ryan Longberg. So, uh, oh, the Lombardini. That, that, that was like such a good story of the playoffs, just him scoring in overtime. Fantastic. That entire playoff round, he was just an animal. It was awesome. He, he was electric. He just killed it for them. Yeah. Instant fan favorite. But, uh, we, yeah, we'll see what they do. Who knows? They might do nothing. I mean, again, so far they've kind of just been, you know, they trade for Reinhardt and then it's just been keep your guys. And, you know, and that's the thing too, a lot of guys wanting to stay too, which is huge for this team. Yeah, and I, a big thing is that you did not, you cannot say they got worse. No, you, you know, I think you confidently say they got better. And I just love that, you know, the players, you know, when they're, they're re-signing, they're talking about, you know, they love the group that's here. They love being in Florida. They love the fans, right? And you just, you see that there's something special kind of building here, and it's exciting. You really do. And a lot of guys are buying into the process, which is, which is really, really fun to see. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out, see if there's any more moves uh, that are made between now and our next recording so we can talk about them and see what else comes up from around the league. But uh, I think that one, I think that does it for this one. Um, so thank you to everyone tuning in, listening. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Uh, so enjoy, enjoy the week ahead, and we hope to see you all then. Cheers. Just do that, Alexander!